Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey, we're back here another glorious Saturday in the heart of the universe, Chicago, Illinois. God, you know, did special provision for the Chicago, I believe. I know a lot of people think I'm crazy, but, you know, it's a wonderful city, and especially the fall of the year, it's fabulous. Uh, Jennifer is, is absent. She is on her honeymoon, so if any of you out there listening... Uh, we had to give her a little bit of a break to get that honeymoon in, and uh, she'll be back with us hopefully next week. Uh, again, Bob Lambert hosts the show, and I've got a reoccurring visitor with us today. I'm so thrilled because um, Wayne has been a great friend over the years. Uh, so Wayne Kuna is in studio with us today. He is the um, author of um, Work in the Light, which is just being published as we speak. Uh, and that is uh, Soul Priority, which is a not-for-profit organization that he started. He's got a phenomenal background. We, we've only given uh, Wayne snippets a l- couple times here. So today, the whole show is going to be Wayne. Welcome, Wayne. Hey, it's so good to be with you. <laughs> Thanks so much. And yeah, we are in the center of the universe. Yeah, we are. <laughs> go Bears. Go Bears. Yeah, let's, let's hope so, Go Bears. Hey, Wayne, why don't we acquaint the, the audience with your background, a little bit of your, you know, your faith journey, because you didn't grow up in a Christian home, did you? No, you know, I grew up in a church home. It was a very religious home, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I didn't have the connection directly with God. I mean, you know, I knew Jesus had died for me. I knew that uh, he went to the cross. Um, I didn't hear that faith component to receiving him, you know, to having him, to abide in him. Uh, so I was, I was kind of like... Learning that my faith plus really working hard at being good was going to somehow get me through the gates. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, you know, my my um, business journey uh, really started out in the toy industry. Um, where pretty much right out of college, I received a position as a designer at, at what was then the world's largest independent toy inventing firm. So I didn't work for a manufacturer. I actually worked for a think tank. Wow. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that was those tough jobs to get. I was you know, I, yeah, they were. I mean, yeah. it really was. I was very fortunate to do it. Uh, you know, it had to be a god thing, really. You know, and um, I, I remember after my interview, the the par- partner who was interviewing me got a phone call in this office where you know I was showing him my portfolio, and it was the guy whose name was on the door. You know, and he goes, oh, wow. "What are you doing?" He goes, "Well, I'm interviewing a kid from college," and and. Uh, he said, well, is he any good? And this guy mm-hmm. said, well, you know, he's really not good at anything, but he does a lot of different things. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't know. But that I got did, the job. <laughs> that didn't sound good, but you got the job anyway. Yeah, huh? yeah. It must have been something that tip, it was a tipping point for you, right, to get the job. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was that, you know, I had probably a lot of different varied experiences. And that oh, really so helped. So how'd you have all the different experiences? What you know, I really about? don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what he saw. I mean, he, you know, I, I, you know, had... A lot of projects that I worked on. I did some computer work, which was back then on punch cards, oh, yeah. you know, way back in the day, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, where the computer was the size bigger than this room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had uh, some engineering background and, you know, I did some artwork. And so there was a hodgepodge of things that, you know, you could draw on to kind of, you know, for a toy inventing company that wanted you to develop products 
it gave you a variety of different perspectives to view something from. So, you know, was I was really fortunate. Of, was that a dream job for you? I mean, did you intentionally want to go after that industry or that marketplace or just need to get a job out of school? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, when I was at college and it was University of Illinois here in Chicago, we had just gotten some programs uh, from, I don't know, MIT or somewhere. And I started, I, I manipulated them so that they actually could do animation, very simple stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my professors said, hey, you know what? You would really be a great doll designer because you're into mm-hmm. animation, you know, and I love Disney. He was like one of my heroes. Oh, wow. and, okay. And um, so I, I did at that point. I was like, wow, you set that f- flame inside of me, you know, about toys. And I was like, I hadn't really thought about that. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I really want to do this. I, I really want to work towards uh, doing toys. Uh, you know, it's my own business, actually. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I did some toy projects along the way. I, I worked for Easter Seals to do some things for kids. There were therapeutic toys, you know, mm-hmm. that helped them do certain exercises in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I loved it. I loved the interaction with kids. You know, I, I'm a kid. Yeah. I'm an old kid, but I'm okay. a kid. <laughs> well, that's what it takes, the heart of a child, right? I mean, and see it through those eyes to yeah. really make that happen and come up. So animation wasn't really kind of, you know, Disney with all that? That, well, that you know, wasn't I, particularly of interest? It was yeah, like something that you could actually play with. Yeah, it was, it was actually, I mean, I, entertainment, children okay. entertainment was what I really probably settled on. You know, animation, I mean, I just wasn't there. It was so, there was so much, you know, to get towards, and, and I, I just wasn't there. Right. But- to have, you know, one of the things I learned from Disney was to animate the inanimate. Ah, And so that's what go. I did. You know, I used that okay. as some of my theme. So I was always bringing to life things that didn't look like they should have life and, and it intrigued people. Okay. Well, you also had some, uh, we're going to get into a little bit later, some really award-winning stuff and stuff that actually has come back, has been resurrected. You Absolutely, know, some of the yeah. toys that you invented right, yeah. and all that. So, uh in this uh, journey, though, as a young man coming, do, was faith any part of uh, your of what was going on? Well, you know, it really wasn't, and then something big happened. Right. You know, and uh, I was at work one day, and uh, uh, the, the short story is that there was a mass shooting at the workplace. Wow. Uh, and and it was a friend of mine, you know, which was really hard to 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 really handle. Um, my name was on his hit list. Oh, boy. And um, I was just in shock. Um, you know, wow. that day, uh, four people were killed, two people were seriously wounded, and the rest of the 60 people in the, in the company were just emotionally just really injured. Yeah. You know, horribly. Wrecked. And it had to be really difficult for you if this was a close personal friend, right? You know, I, I was coming up a back staircase, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I heard, it was like, it was 1976, it was in mm-hmm. July, so it was like, the you know, the country's 200th anniversary, you know, it was mm-hmm. like a big deal. So I thought, hey, fireworks, somebody's got fireworks, you know, and yeah. that makes sense. This is a toy company, you know. Right. And then, as I was going to open up the door, <clears throat> I heard uh, one of the designers, a woman say, oh my God, he's got a real gun. Oh, wow. I froze. I just absolutely froze. I, I thought I was going to be sick to my stomach because just the way she said it, you know, and who she was. And I I was, I probably went in a shock there. So I just froze. <clears throat> I waited until all the stops, the pops stopped. I opened up the door and it was, it was bad. It was very bad. Oh, man. You know, I mean, um, 
Yeah, it's it's when you, when you come face to face with gun violence, you understand why people are very passionate right. about talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so back, anyway, was that was that a, a <clears throat> were there other instances like I mean, we heard the post going postal and postal. Right. Was any of that pervasive back then? Uh, it was, to my knowledge, it was one of the first. There was another one in in the uh, University of Texas, I think, mm. where the tower. That's right, one. the tower one. Yeah, right. You know, and there there were a few things afterwards, right. but it was it was really one of the earliest things that it had happened like that. So in that in that moment or post that moment, maybe not in that moment, you didn't have a conscious thought of you know other than you know what the heck is going on. Was God present at all? Anything that your thoughts or anything like that, or was that afterwards? Yeah, you know. Um, I, I I did grow up very religious, so mm-hmm. I, I was I was doing praying. But quite honestly, I got to the to such a, a deep spiraling bad place, a real dark night of my soul, mm-hmm. that I was self medicating with you know um, things. Yes, I you know. know I just those, I know about those things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and and it was not good for me. Yeah, as a human being, as a husband, mm-hmm. and. Um, I basically got to a point where I was no longer sleeping. My my mind was racing with ideas and, you know, just running rampant. And um, I, I actually got to a point two years by two years later where I just felt I was going to lose track of who I was as an individual, as a person, and I would just really? lose my mind. And so I was so afraid. But two weeks after the shooting, a fellow at the company said, came into my office and said, I just gave my life to Christ, you know? And I'm like, oh, wow. boy, one of those. And <clears throat> I listened to him, and I knew he was coming because it was already around the office. Mm-hmm. And I patted him on the shoulder, spun him around, pushed him out the door, and slid it shut, you know? And I was like, whoo, got rid of him. But then I thought, maybe I just got rid of the exact thing that I need, mm. you know? Wow. So two years of incubation and my own little hell. Mm-hmm. And then thinking about what this... This guy's transformed life. I just said, you know, I, God, I am, I'm a mess. I mm-hmm. need, I need help. And I came to him, and I, and God met me. He met me in His holiness, and then He met me in His love. His holiness scared the pants off of me, mm-hmm. you know. And then, uh, just when I thought this was uh, really supposed to be a good thing that had gone horribly bad, the love of Christ just, just washed over me. Yeah. And that was two years later? That was two years later, yeah. Wow, wow. And then from that moment on, I mean, well, first of all, I slept like a baby after that. I mean, mm-hmm. God just really did something to heal me in, in my mind. Uh, took away all my paranoia, took away, you know, all my anxieties, and um, satisfied my soul. Yeah. Um, well, how was the atmosphere around the, the work? Had that changed quite a bit? Uh, it, it, you know, it, it kind of went in, in its own shock. Some right. people left. Uh, there was a lot of who's going to pick up the pieces and run the business. So that, you know, and and they actually transitioned to a team led uh, leadership, mm-hmm. and then um, and that that actually was really really good. Okay. Um, but that was another part of the story because that same week that I gave my life to Christ. <laughs> They offered me a partnership. Oh, well, we got to get back to that. Hey, folks, you got to come back and hear Wayne the rest of the story here in episode two. And this is Bob Lammer again, Faith Marketplace Radio, every Saturday, noon to one o'clock here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey, listen, get out and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com. We got all kinds of resources out there and goodies. And we want you to also text us at 224 404 1988 with the word gift. 
And we got lots of goodies up there in our boxes and swag from the from the uh, radio station here. We got a lot of stuff. So get out there and text us again at 224-404-1988 with the keyword gift. We want to give you some of this stuff, okay? We're going to be right back with my guest, Wayne Kuna. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, Wayne Kuna of Soul Priority. And we left off where God kind of intervened, did a little something special after this terrible incident that you had happened. And, and coincidentally, but we know it's not a coincidence, when you came to faith. What happened? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I had come to faith and... Uh, Shortly after that, I mean, like days after that, you know, I was calling the office and I was like, oh, this is it. You know, it's over. I'm no longer working here. <laughs> and they offered me a partnership in the company. Wow. So evidently, obsessive thinking and, you know, working <laughs> through the night and sleepless nights is really good for creativity because, <laughs> I, you know, whatever. But anyhow, yeah. um, shortly after that, the thing that happened to me that really united faith with my work uh, was the managing partner of the company, who was a terrific guy, a young man, not much older than I was, uh, maybe by seven years or eight years or something like that, uh, heard that I had become religious. Mm. And so he called me in the office and he sat me down. He said, Wayne, he said, I heard you become religious. What's this going to mean? Mm. And I was like, what's this going to mean? I thought, well, you know what? I'm thinking to myself, I, it means going, going to church, I'm going to pray, I'm going to be a better husband, hopefully one day I'll be a great dad, I'm going to read my Bible. And he's asking me what it means at work? What? And I was like, I hadn't even thought of that yet. Right. And so he goes, Wayne, he says, what is it going to mean? And I said, give me a second, this is the big question. <laughs> yeah, really? You know? <laughs> and, you know, and I thought, and I said, you know, uh, Jeff, I said, you, you, know, you know who Jesus is and what he stands for? And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, well, I just I think it means that I really want to honor him and do things the way he would do them. You know, I want to do it the right way as best as possible. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that's all? And I thought to myself, that's all? It's like everything, you know? <laughs> you know? And, and I said, yeah. I said, that's it. And he goes, okay. okay. And I was like, it, but what that did to me is that I immediately was like, what does faith mean at work? You know, what does it mean in my leadership? What does it mean in the things that I'm going to work on? What does it mean in the kind of ideas that I'm going to come up with? What does it mean with how I'm going to lead a team? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like this stuff just started flooding at me. And, um, and how old were you at the time? I was 28. 28. Wow. Yes. Okay, so you're a young guy. Do you, so I was still pretty young. young. Yeah, it was an unusual thing. And how many people were in the company at there that There were about point? 65 people at that time. 65. Yeah. So you, when becoming a partner meant what? Uh, becoming a partner meant that I, <laughs> I had a lot of work to do. <laughs> okay. uh, became I became part of the leadership team. Okay, you know, so I had a lot of input on products that we did, uh, the direction they took, uh, negotiation with clients, uh, you know, uh, meeting clients' needs, um, leading uh, creativity teams on the inside, mm-hmm. and then the 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 job that ultimately came to me was kind of the inside operations guy. So I was really responsible for putting together the teams okay. and making sure that products, that the ideas that had happened had actually were becoming three-dimensional. So that was a very key position. And you taking on that role really was, you know, do you think God preordained that? <laughs> no, it was just an accident. You know, the the fellow who was grooming me for this position and and who really invested a lot in me was not a believer at all you know mm-hmm. when i became a christian he was like 
oh, brother, you know, why'd you go and ruin that? You know, ruin yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, you know, he, he really was a very selfless man, very humble guy, um, very confident guy. So those humble and confident kind of, you mm. know, worked on each other a lot. But, you know, I, I saw that he, he had, God had really worked with me to, to train me to be in this position to have an impact on this business. And, and over the next 10 years while I was a partner, mm-hmm. you know, I, was, I not only had the opportunity to, to give my position on products, mm-hmm. um, there was one product that uh, we were going to be offered a, a master license in this amazing uh, product, okay, mm-hmm. this license. Uh, and... I'm trying not to say what it is, mm-hmm. but it was the Bible that they gave us on the product and on the characters and stuff like that, because it was a big world of characters. Mm-hmm. And you opened up the front page and there was a shooting at a playground, you know, oh. we, had a, we had a shooting oh. at our office and I'm like, oh, you know, and then wow. there was a centerfold in this this type of Bible and... Um, there was a, a mock crucifixion of a man on on a, on a glass cross. Oh, wow. and 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 to me, I was just like, <gasps> you know, I mean, they they didn't do it disrespectfully, but everything that they were trying to portray through that could only come through what Jesus did on the cross, and it just really, it it rankled my soul, mm. you know. So in that particular case, they gave me the the ball over the weekend to study everything and come back with my opinion of what they should do. And, and, and boy, I went through this and I said, they're going to make money like crazy on this, but I don't think we can do it. We had a shooting in our company. We, we had a value that we weren't going to do violent stuff, uh, you know? And, and then this Christian thing, which was just me and nobody else. Right. <clears throat> it just really, I just I felt uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So I walked into the office and I called everybody together and I'm this young 29, 30 year old guy and they're all sitting around. What do you think? And I said, I think if you want to make money, this is the thing to do. But I want you to see this violence, gun violence, you know, and I want you to see this, you know, mm-hmm. the crucifix. And, and, and I just want you to know that if you want to do this, I understand why, but I just can't be your partner anymore. Mm. And Jeff said, you know, you're right. We're not going to do this. You know, we're, we wouldn't do this because of that side mm-hmm. of it. And we don't want to do anything that really offends any of our partners. Wow. I know. Now, wow. that didn't happen every time. Right. But right. it happened that time. Yeah. And it was a huge deal. Yeah, that was a huge deal. So they walked away from, you know. Wow. But um, I think God honored that company in different yep. ways. Yeah. And that's great. How, uh, you know, would you characterize that uh, – uh, coming to faith and getting this position as a young person really molded and shaped you as far as leadership goes. Yeah, well, it was obviously a leadership position. Right. So one of the things that I, I really wanted to do was study leadership in Scripture to find out what God said about it. You uh-huh. know, and every place I looked, it was like either a leader was a shepherd or became a shepherd. Or, right. <laughs> you know, and then even the bad guys, the guys saying yeah. like, oh, they're terrible shepherds, you know. Right. So the shepherd thing. So I really like, well, there's got to be something about this shepherd thing. So I really started studying what shepherds did and how they trained, how they took care of their sheep. Ah. And, and then, you know, I looked at uh, a passage like John 10, you know, and it says a shepherd has a voice and that voice represents something to their sheep so much so that they will obey it all the time. So I said, what does my voice represent? What should my voice represent that people would follow me and right. listen to me, you know? And then I saw also that shepherds were present. 
They mm. protected. They were there mm-hmm. all the time. They were the gate. They slept there with the sheep. Right. It's like, how could I protect my employees? Mm-hmm. How could I p- protect my design staff? And then finally, you know, they were, they were sacrificial. They mm-hmm. would give up their life for a sheep. Now, that sounds pretty stupid to me, mm-hmm. a human being for a sheep. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's what God was trying to show us, God giving up his life for a human. You right. know, I mean, yep. just thinking. And then I'm like, how could I'm, I'm probably not going to give up my life, although I almost could have because of the sure. shooting. Right, exactly. But what does that look day to day? What do yeah. I have to give up of my desires so that my employees can, can be um, have a fulfilled career, you know, have accomplishment in their career? Uh, actually have less about success, but more about accomplishment. As you came to the Lord, did you ever think or did it ever cross your mind that you were spared or saved for this purpose? I I did have survivor's guilt for a while Mm -hmm. and then ultimately saw God's hand just, you know, protect me and Mm -hmm. and not just this situation, but other situations. Mm -hmm. So I, I had a sense that God had something really planned, you know. So. You know, it, one of the things I really liked about some of the challenges you talk about and, and uh, getting individuals out of a reservoir mentality and into a pipeline mentality. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that we tend to do is we're kind of a consuming culture. Yeah, right. And it's a lot of taking culture. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of that is like, you know, when, when God blesses you, the idea is that he blesses you so that you can bless others. So it's not a reservoir to hold this blessing, but to actually pass it along. You know, the first thing we think about is like, you know, monetary or, you know, financial blessing. But it's a lot more than that. It's God's truth, too. When God reveals his truth to you, it's not, don't just sit there and give it a big hug and say, oh, this is going to change my life. I'm going to be transformed forever. But now I have a responsibility to be a pipeline for that truth. How can I convey that truth to other people so that they can participate in it? Because I give it away. I could give it all away and I still have all of it. Right. You know, it's... it's, One of the things I, I, I like what you said, you, you followed Dr. Ham a little yes. bit, and you learned something from him. And what was that? Well, you know, one of the things that's really hard is, you know, you, you feel like you could do something over a long period of time and not see any results. Uh, but God's not interested in results. He's interested in your faithfulness, mm-hmm. you know. And Dr. Ham, you know, was an evangelist, a traveling evangelist, and, and I'm sure he saw great successes and stuff like that. But it was when he witnessed to this one person mm-hmm. and this one person happened to be Billy Graham. Yeah. And it was that was that was the pinnacle. That's what God was aiming at. You know right. and and that was the that was that was the next domino that was gonna change millions of people's lives. Oh my goodness, yes. So Yeah. You know, and it was I think very quoted too by Billy and said many times, you know, that the revival is going to be in the marketplace. Mm. That's one of the things I've hung on to with this ministry is basically the fact that the marketplace, and you know this too, I mean, wow. You know, you set the table and it influ- the influences of that are across, you know, vendors and supply, you know, in customers and employees can be tremendous. Oh, I mean, yeah. Every small business person in, the, in this country today has influence over about 1,500 people when you look at the scope of all that. That's remarkable. That's, that's a big ministry. You know? <laughs> what do you think about that? Oh, and that's absolutely. actually the kind of ministry you had because there's a ripple effect after that. <clears throat> well, listen, I, we're going to come back to Wayne. We've got some uh, special gifts to give away, so go out there and text us at 224-404-1988 and the word gift. We've got lots of stuff that we have accumulated over the last couple of years that we want to be able to give away, so get out there and text us at 224 224- 404-1988 and the keyword gift and we want to give you some of that stuff when we come back with Wayne we want to get a little deeper into what I did what you don't know 
is Wayne also was a pastor, and we're going to want to get into that a little bit about his background in this next segment, and also the fabulous program he created um, many years ago called Soul Priority. You're really going to want to hear about that and how that's taken off and what uh, led to Wayne's book and a couple other things. So hang in there with us. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with our special guest, Wayne Kuna of Soul Priority. And uh, his toy background, a lot of fabulous stuff he's talking about, how he came to Christ, he survived a mass shooting and all that. Wayne, you're all the way into your career, you're going along, and all of a sudden what happened? Well, what happens is my very successful business all of a sudden is not successful anymore. And, uh, you know, we, we get to a place where, you know, we have to really consider closing the doors, and ultimately that's exactly what happened. Mm. And, uh, you know, in between time here, we were talking about, you know, how did, how did I feel about that? I felt horrible about that. I felt like I'd failed. Mm-hmm. And I prayed about it a lot. And, and it was like God just revealed to me. It was like, you know, you didn't fail. Your business is complete. Yeah. My work for you in the toy industry is finished. If you want to follow me and, and go along with my program, there's a new chapter here. Right. And that's what happened. You know, I, I prayed with my wife about stuff. And I don't know about you, but quite often, you know, I hear God's voice. And most of the time, it sounds just like my wife. <laughs> and. And she, she said, you know, you've been in the church ministry for all these years. You should go back to school. You should go to seminary. And, and that's what I did. Wow. So I was 50 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I went Being back a seminarian, right? Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? I was, I loved it. I, I you know, my age kind of gave me a, a, a leg up on becoming the men's chaplain. Okay. At, and I was at Moody uh-huh. uh, at the, the theological seminary and loved, 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 loved it. You know, okay. and, and God just put me in the sweet spot. Yeah, that's great. So then you took on a, a ministry role then, right? I, I did. Right. I, I ended up uh, becoming the lead pastor of a church in Hinsdale mm-hmm. and did that for seven and a half years. Okay. And uh, when when that ministry kind of wound down and, and, and um, it was time for me to move on, I was approached by the Navigators, mm. uh, you know, a large discipleship organization. Right. And they asked me if... With my pastoral background and my business background, would I consider launching their workplace ministry here in Chicago, mm-hmm. and which I ultimately did, which ultimately led to uh, creating Soul Priority, right. which is a, a small group uh, ministry uh, designed to be located near uh, consumer. I'm sorry, uh, commuter um, corridors in the city of Chicago, so people can get to work, and it's really designed so that uh, women and men can be trained and inspired in how to transform their leadership and their workspace mm-hmm. uh, with God's principles. And it's it's great. It this has is, been amazing. It has been amazing because this is a culmination of everything that God's been doing with you and in your work and in your in, in your uh, all the things, the iterations of your career and pastoral life and everything else that this has become kind of the – how long has Soul Priority been going now? Uh, it was launched in uh, 2012, and then in 2017, I incorporated it as a not-for-profit non-for- Right. I want to get back to that. But first, let's, uh, you know, with all this that has gone on with you, what what uh, profound words of wisdom would you have given your younger self? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I uh, well, one of the things I certainly would do is that every 10 years, there seems to be a cycle in my life where God says, you know, Wayne is really a starter. He's kind of maintaining right now. He's not having that much fun. So let's just start something new. Okay. You know, and and I think what I'd learned is that those endings were kind of painful because you really love what you build. 
but they may be the beginning of something. They may yep. be the beginning of something new, and that's exactly what God did with me. Every ending was actually God saying, no, we're starting something new. Right. And so not to look at things necessarily as a failure all the time, mm-hmm. but to look at it as the completion of something, and it's time to turn the page and get on to something new. I would tell my young self that. Yeah. I love the way you phrase that, too. It's completion. You know, uh, to your point, uh, when we use the word failure in the lexicon of, of what I coach and teach, there's no such thing as failure, mm-hmm. only one, and that's not trying. Yes. All the rest of them, you didn't get the result you wanted. Or in your case, completion. <laughs> you right. know, you, it's complete. Or you take a different path. You go around, over, or something, and, and just select to do something else. Um, who would you say were uh, folks that inspired you? Well, you know, certainly my parents did. Mm-hmm. They were just hardworking people, and, and, and they were people that lived out their faith the, the best way they thought they could, you know, and I admired right. that in them. Uh, this fellow who really trained me as as a leader in business, mm-hmm. this guy's name was Harry, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I learned so much from him. He, he had so much confidence, and he never put himself above other people, and he seemed to always serve people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um <clears throat> And then, you know, as I said before also, I, and I, I really appreciate uh, uh, Walt Disney because Walt Disney was able to entertain generations of children, and that's what I really wanted to be able to do. Um, and then, I'm, I, you know, because of my gun experience with gun violence, mm-hmm. I'm really inspired by this man, and he won't even know I'm going to say his name here, but I think his, his name is uh, Andrew um, uh, Holmes, Holmes, yeah. Holmes yeah. yes. And he's become a spokesperson for people who have going going through a lot of gun violence here in the city of Chicago. Right. And, and he's a survivor. His daughter wow. was killed. His wow. niece was killed by gun. You know, and, and he's he's there at every one of these horrible events. Mm. And, and, and when I see it, I mean, I have one or two reactions. I either get really sad mm-hmm. or I get very angry. Right. You know, and... and uh, and I know that none of the people who are involved in anything like that are ever going to be the same again. Yeah. Yeah, I just wrote, uh, wrote the article about the leader of, um, just, just recently, on Dick's uh, Sporting Goods, where they, they got rid of guns. all of the guns. Yeah. 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 And it, and it was after Sandy and, and a yes. couple of the other ones, too, yeah. that they felt compelled. And then uh, what that took, now talk about taking a stand. I mean, there was somebody who took a stand, you know, in a big, you know, fortune company that yes. is a public right. company, but they did. Um, what, uh, let's talk a little bit more about soul priority and let's talk about your book, work in the light. What's, what's yeah. prompted that and what's inspired that. And also you've got some other publicate publishing things you're working on too for kids. So yes. you're going right back to yeah, your roots, aren't you? Yeah. Right yeah. to your roots. But let's talk about work in the light. Yeah. So work in the light was, uh, kind of a compilation of things that I discovered as a, as a person in business and also as, um, uh, a person who studied, you know, at a seminary, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I saw that, you know, a lot of people have a, a payday mentality of the purpose for work. Right. You know, pay the bills, help out their kids, all really good things. Yep. But God's really has work designed to, to really honor him and glorify him, to really fulfill our lives, yep. to really fulfill it with a sense of accomplishment, and, and also to provide I mean, God said, I'm going to provide for this, but, you know, except for a couple of times where he multiplied fish and food right. and bread and stuff like that, he's actually let us, like Martin Luther said, he lets us be the providers. He right. uses us as his surrogates. Mm-hmm. So it's a much bigger thing than just, you know, payday. It's an eternal thing. And to have the privilege of being a person who follows Christ and have someone come up to you and say, 
why do you have to do everything the right way or really well? You know, why don't you, you know, you know, or why did you just go the extra mile with that client? Right. You didn't have to. Right. And just say, well, you know what? I actually serve Jesus. Yeah. And because I serve him with the best, right. they might be the smallest, but he gets the best or she gets the best as the one who you know, pays all the bills. Well, I don't want to run out of time in this, but you, we did have something in the green room I thought that you really brought forward and just happened in one of your groups also about team. So just briefly, talk about how you spun that a little bit that got these guys thinking a little different way. Yeah, so you know we're sitting there, we're going through Nehemiah, and we're looking at nine components of of work and calling that Nehemiah did. And the third one is in the third chapter. We're talking about team, and you know I asked them, you know, so we talk about team, the importance of team. I said, okay, what do you think God thinks about team? Mm. And so there was a lot of good answers, Sunday school answers, you know, yeah, the body right. of Christ and stuff like that. And then I said, well, what else is there? And they, they were kind of scratching their head and thinking. And I said, what about God as team? And I'm mm. like, God is team? And one of the guys says, you mean the Father, Son, Holy Spirit? I said, <laughs> what if God was always team? Right. And what if we do team? We do things better in a team than we do individually because right. God is team. Right. And it was like, you know, <laughs> and I could just see that right now. They're all just like, whoa, yeah. never thought about that one. So, you know, so they, they go away energized, ready yeah. to engage their workplace as team right. right away, within an hour of our discussion. So let's talk, you know, this meets how often? Do they, this meets, uh, we have different groups. They meet right. once a week for about right. an hour. And how do they find out about this? Wait. Well, most of it's uh, word of mouth as far right. as, you know, developing new groups. Right. They can go online and they can go to, uh, you, anybody can go to soul-priority.org, www.soul-priority.org, and you'll find a, a tab there that tells you where you can find some groups. When you start, now, how they get in touch with you if they want to talk yeah, to you? Yeah, if they want to talk to me directly, they can go uh, get, me, get a hold of me on my email, which is wayne.kuna, K-U-N-A, at soul-priority.org. Okay. And what we want to do is also offer you the book when it comes in so that you don't want that address uh, that, that's being published now. It's that Wayne hasn't quite got the copies in hand. So as a special gift to our listeners here, you want to get out there, maybe pre-order a book or something like that. And, uh, I'll give Wayne away three it. of them. If, yeah. yeah. She's going to give away three, so you heard that. Repeat your address again, how they're going to do okay, this. Okay, they could contact me at wayne.kuna at soul-priority.org. And that's K-U-N-A. K-U-N-A. Kuna. Right, exactly. Hey, listen, uh, what we want to do too is uh, – I saw something a little bit interesting in your background, your bio, that was kind of cool, kind of funny, kind of interesting, however you want to spin it. What would that be? Oh, if I had some. Oh, that people don't know about me. Yeah, they don't know about you. Oh gosh. Well, I'm. You know, right now I'm. I'm uh, oh, you know, one of the big things is that I was invited for the last four years to go downstate and pray for the opening of the Senate and uh, the House here in Illinois. Wow. Which is just, well, they need a lot of prayer. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, and 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 I think the thing that's really cool about him is that you go down and you see a lot of frustrated people who are just right. like you and me. I'm writing some kids' books. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. I'm working with an artist, and she's doing a fabulous job, and I'm just really excited to see where those go and hopefully could land a publisher for those, too. Okay. That's great. Hey, listen, we want to get you to get out there. We got some cool gifts out there. Texas at 224-404-1988. Keyword gift. We got lots of cool stuff here in studio. And I want Wayne. We're, Wayne's going to come back with us and join us in a little roundtable discussion on the next segment. Uh, do you ask for additional business from your customers, which is an interesting thing that I think we could th- throw around a little bit. But just to make sure that they can get, they can go out there on the website right now and they can download, right? Right. There's a PDF for the uh, th- three modules of work in the light. Right. And that is at 
Soul Priority, Soul Soul Dash Dash Priority Priority dot org. And they can download the PDF. But if you really want to get the, the, the book, which you really want to get, because it's going to be probably more goodies in there, is you want to get out there to Wayne's email address again is? Wayne.Kuna at soul-priority.org. All right. You heard that. We're going to be right back for our next segment. Do you ask for additional business from your customers? This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with our guest, Wayne Kuna, today, and we're going to roundtable. Do you ask for additional business from your customers from Proverbs for Business? And again, keep Steve Marr, the author of this, in prayer. Uh, we've been using this great book. It's a five-day-a-week devotional. I hand them out all the time. He, I used to have a whole bunch of them and hand them out. But uh, you can, I think you can go out on Amazon and get that, too, Proverbs for Business. And it's a, it's a wonderful book. It takes on a lot of things like this, you know, in business. So, Wayne, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, it, you know, I was in a service business where we um, we tried to provide new concepts, toy concepts for uh, companies. <clears throat> and, you know, one of the things that you want to do is you want to kind of grow with the company that you're you're servicing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they may branch into a whole new area of business right. in the toy industry that you may not be aware of. Or they may think that you're not capable of participating in. So uh-huh. it's always good to just say, you know, how else can we serve you? Is there, you know, well, you know, I'm, I've got these uh, resources available to me. I'd like to make them available to you. Right. Yeah. Uh, what I'm finding in, in, again, throughout my <laughs> rather lengthy career in sales and marketing, uh, that oftentimes this is an area that it just is amazing to me where the lack of people asking, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and I think some of it's based on fear. Um, well, you know, or, well, th- they'll they'll tell me if they need anything else, you know, kind of thing, which is kind of sticking your head in the sand like an ostrich, you know, versus, hey, why not ask? Uh, there was part of this this uh, lesson that basically talked about uh, a uh, guy that was an insurance agent at golf with Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day they're out in the course, and he finds out that Ford bought some insurance from, from another agent. And he <laughs> asks the guy, well, well what do you mean you bought insurance from another agent? Why do you, what about me? He said, well, you never asked me, <laughs> you know? And I think that kind of says it all right there. Um, just like, you know, the scripture, knock and I shall answer, you know, kind of thing. Ask and it will be given, you know? Not literally, but I think it is that the fact that if we come to the Lord and we really partition him for something, you know, he's not going to, it's in his timing anyways, and it might not be the thing, but, you know, you got to ask, right? Yeah, what I love about this passage of scripture is actually the, the one side of the balance, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the other side of the balance is the wait on God. Yeah. You know, and these two are in, are in tension with each other because I'm supposed to wait on God, but God is saying here, ask. Right. Well, God's saying, listen, there's things that you don't know. Yeah. You know, and you need to ask. And then he says, and you need to seek. So there's things that are hidden. So you need to be looking, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there are things that are just blocked to you. So you need to ask to knock, right. you know, to see if that door will be open to you. So while you're waiting, there's actually something to do. So it's not just like praying for your business to say, hey, I want you to bless my business. God, we got this great deal. I'm going to give you so much money, you know, if I make money. Right. Well, first, God doesn't cut deals like you're that. Right, okay? exactly. it, it doesn't work. You know, he's God. <laughs> we're not, you know. But he said, listen, you wait on me, mm-hmm. but you do these things. You're faithful to ask. You're faithful to knock. You're faithful to seek. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure those things are open to you. Right. And oftentimes, not in the exact way that you envision them or you want. Right. right. Just like what happened for you. <clears throat> it was it probably, in your wildest imagination, do you ever figure your career would take the angles that it took? 
Well, no. I mean, you know, it's, it's obvious. I, in my toy industry, I was very successful. I was mm-hmm. doing really well. God, you know, I make money, you make money. And he goes, oh, yeah, right. you told me I don't make that deal, you know. <clears throat> but finally, what ended up happening is that he took my business away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I love this. I love my business. Yeah. And then he made me a pastor. And it turned out that in my heart of hearts, I love that more. Yeah. So he gave a- me an answer that wasn't my answer. Right. Yeah. Did you ever envision being a pastor? Um, I, you know, <laughs> some of my toy clients, when I told them I was leaving the toy industry and I was going to go to seminary, and I was like, I'm sorry, you probably didn't see this coming. They're like, are you kidding us? <laughs> You're the only one that didn't see it coming, you know. So <laughs> I love it. And, uh, yeah, you had kind of a mixed group with, uh, with the, in the industry, too, didn't you, of the employees and stuff, because you had people who are non-believers, you had people who are atheists, you had all, all different kind of people. It was across the board. Yeah, across yeah. the board. And, you know, maybe implying some of this, too, with your customers versus also employees. Uh, do you see an application here for asking employees? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of resources in, in your employees. I mean, they have ideas. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to come and bark up the tree, you right. know, and because that's a little threatening. You know, right. you, you may be in a, a boss that doesn't like that. But if you go and ask your, your employees, you know, what do you think about this? How do you think of this? Or how can I better serve you? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the opening line of of uh, Psalm 23 is, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall yep. not want. Well, why don't you want? Because you're afraid to ask? No, because he provides everything for you. So if I'm a good shepherd, right. in small g, small s, yeah. I'm going to provide everything for my employees. So maybe I need to ask them. Maybe I don't know everything, right. you know, and uh, have an open door so they could ask me. You know, I love those, that whole <clears throat> metaphor you used with uh, the group uh, just recently about team. Yes. Uh, that was that was really digging it. <laughs> you know, what came out of that once you did that to them? Well, th- that was that was like this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know yet. They haven't gotten back to me. But I have to say that one guy, you know, who's a serial entrepreneur, I'll call him that, you know, yeah. has a big thing with a big problem going on. Uh-huh. And, he's, and he's like saying, he says, I have to tell you, I've only been coming to this group three weeks. And he says, I am doing everything different than I ever have done before. Wow. And he said, you know, this whole team thing, he said, I had people. And I was like, should I come down there and take care of this? And and the the guy who was running the situation down there said, no, you know what? It'd be better if he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden he's getting these reports back from people who are saying, oh, you know, they picked up that ball and they ran with it yep. because they they saw that his presence or his lack of presence, but his interest was more like, I trust you. Right. And so they, you know, they made it. I've seen that many times, too, with leaders, you know, when they, they want to get down in the thick of it and they really are better off just not doing anything, let their people take care of it. But they have to be so involved and it's got to be, you know, their hands and everything. Uh, and it's the toughest thing for, for leaders to do, isn't it, to let go? Uh, it's it's tough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we think we're all that in a bag of chips, and then we find out that, you know. So leaning on the Lord a little bit more has helped me a lot, you know, from the standpoint just, you know, let God let go, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one but, of my favorite things, you know. Yeah, but, you know, as far as this, you know, asking, uh, you know, business or, or your clients mm-hmm. um, for additional things that you could do that you could provide, I, I think – you know, feedback is really, really an important tool, and um, you know, you just learn. You right. learn. You know, and, and you know, unfortunately, we're talking here, and I'm going to say something that's going to sound funny, but you know, you, you don't learn when you're tuning all the talking. Yep, that's exactly right. You're absolutely right. To your point, asking great questions because oftentimes that's what I'll coach <clears throat> and teach. First of all, for you to be able to ask something, you got to make sure that you're delivering, you know, yes. perfectly to that client. 
And uh, and oftentimes, again, uh, they don't just volunteer stuff. you got to be able to be asking for things. And I've had clients just be marveled and amazed at, oh, geez, yeah, they said yes. And, and oh, they, they're going to refer me on to, you know, other people that they know. And, and they're, they're going to go out and evangelize for me. They're actually going to go out and get me business, you know, right, because that's right. how much they love what we do. But if you don't ask, you know, you're sitting on the sideline kind of waiting for the things to happen, right? That's kind of like, you know, being in faith and you're sitting on the sideline, you know, kind of watching the game. you got to get in the game and participate. Yep. And um, it's been interesting to see. And matter of fact, just recently we had a situation like that. And uh, it turned into a big chunk of business. And it was just basically because they weren't looking left or right. This company had divisions, other divisions, the people that really loved them, you know, they were working with. They, they just asked a simple, do you know anybody in the other divisions that might be, you know, that should know us? And guess what? It turned into a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of business because of just that asking, you know. They, oh, yeah. You know, I got Bill over here or whatever it was. You know, I'll, I'll let you know. Well, I can't believe the time has gone by, Wayne. Every time we get together, it seems like we run out of time, but we are running out of time today. So I want to, again, get out there and text us at 224-404-1988 with the word GIFT. We've got lots of goodies we want to give away. Get out and check out the website, faithmarketplace.com. We've got all the podcasts up here. For, I can't believe we're going on seven years now. All these, and uh, Wayne's is going to be up there and be posted out there, too, that you can listen to. Even if you can't listen to us live, you know, we're at the, the time of the broadcast. Those podcasts are always out there. And we've had a lot of compliments on that, and people find that interesting because they're busy. You know, this is Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock, so they're busy or out with a family or shopping or something like that. I said, that's no excuse. We've got podcasts. You can download it and listen to us. We're going to be back next Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.